We're at an economic crossroads in Louisville. Up next, we'll talk with Rebecca Fleischaker, one of the two new economic leaders who is tasked with guiding the city forward. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Marty Finley. How's it going? Jason Thomas. Great to be here. And Rebecca Fleischaker. Hello. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do with a difficult question for our panel. So yesterday on LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com, we reported that Southwest Airlines is adding a new flight from Louisville Muhammad Ali International Airport. This is going to serve Fort Myers, Florida, and it starts on March 11th. There had already been a seasonal flight to Fort Myers, Florida, and now it's becoming permanent. So my question to you guys is, and they have no, no advanced knowledge of this question, uh, Bet they can get it though. <laughs> do we have the um, or something? How, do we raise our hand? What do we do here? I'm gonna just go around the room. I'm gonna go Marty. Well, hang on. I'm gonna go Marty last because I bet he knows the answer. And now I'm gonna go Jason, Rebecca, and then I'm gonna say oh, Marty. No. And then you guys all give me the number. So I'm gonna ask you for a number. How many airports does Louisville Muhammad Ali International serve in Florida specifically? So I'm not looking for cities because some cities have more than one airport. So how many airports are served? by uh, Louisville Muhammad Ali. Jason, I'll start with you. How many do you think it is? Uh, six. Rebecca? I'm going with eight. Marty? I actually don't know this, uh, and I probably should, but I don't. I'm going to say 10, just to keep ratcheting it up. You guys were all around it. It's nine airports. I'm, I'm going to give them to you. I'm gonna, so close. I'm going to count them to make sure I counted I right. I said eight. Uh, Orlando, Stanford, Orlando International, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Sarasota, Punta Gorda, Fort Myers, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale. So, yeah, I counted that on my fingers while I did that. That is not I went airports. over like on the prices, right? So I lose. <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no showcase showdown for you, Marty Finley. 8.5. um yeah so and we have we've made jokes on the show before and i think it got us in trouble with the airport about how many flights there were to florida um but kentuckians just like flying to florida i don't uh i think it's it's it was a popular you know tourist destination when i was growing up and i think it's just uh, a place people like to go i mean obviously disney's there it's a great place to take family and uh i mean no harm to florida when i'm when i when i joke about it i got some florida family members we call them the florida mans uh and uh <laughs> they're down there so so you know i love florida too i just think it's funny how many flights we have going down there. um the real topic this week uh is interviewing rebecca rebecca uh is new in her role at louisville forward um so we'll We'll kind of uh, just kind of start talking about what your role is and, and what you're in charge of because you're one of two co-leaders. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we can all just kind of throw out questions. Jason, if you have a question while we're talking, Marty, same thing. Just feel free to jump in there. But uh, yeah, so it's you and Jeff O'Brien are the uh, co, uh, co-leaders of Louisville Forward, right, Rebecca? Yes, we're called co-chiefs. Co-chiefs. 
And um, what, what are you in charge of versus what he's in charge of? So we actually um, have been and still are directors of our departments. So Louisville Forward is an umbrella agency over three departments, economic mm-hmm. development, develop Louisville and codes and regulations. Um, it, we call it, it's a one entity that is, oversees these three departments and the work of it so that it's kind of a one-stop shop. If you're a developer, if you're a business, if you need um, help with business concept to uh, actual plan um, and rezoning that you mm-hmm. would come to the same place. I'm director of the Department of Economic Development. Jeff is director of Department of Develop Louisville. And so we still keep those um, columns and we mm-hmm. just kind of raised up to the co-chief level where we share the chief duties of the Louisville Ford Umbrella Agency. Right. So um, you're kind of looking out at some of the development that Louisville might have on the horizon, I guess, uh, as far as what, what we need to, to do to build commerce in the city, correct? Correct. So I oversee business development of existing businesses, small, mm-hmm. medium, and large, all over Louisville, Jefferson County, as well as trying to attract new businesses here. Um, we have five business clusters that we work in. Really, that's our concentration of expertise um, in industry where we already have strengths, mm-hmm. where we really work in um, attracting businesses that would, would fit nicely into that ecosystem. All right. And, uh, and so, so it's a new role for you, but then also you've kind of uh, kind of had this role before uh, with, uh, with that economic development arm of it. So I guess what's your top priority? Has that changed in the last uh, yeah, eight months since we've been dealing with COVID and, uh, and obviously the, the strife that downtown has seen? It has changed. Um, it's, it's actually kind of morphed. So uh, always our number one priority is for business health and to create a vibrant business environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't do that without our uh, developed Louisville uh, friends that are our sister agency under Louisville Forward. But really my my coming into this role and, and elevating um, where I am working with our partner agencies that are external to city government, where I need to strategize about how we can work together, how we can raise recognition of Louisville in the country, internationally in some, in some cases. Um, two things come to mind right now that um, first quarter hitting the ground running half to nail. Number one is downtown that mm-hmm. we make it a welcoming, accessible place for everybody, that it is when people are vaccinated and can be together again, that it's a place um, that people can come, feel comfortable coming, and that there can be fun um, events, and it looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventions are returning, we know, so let's make sure we look good and are ready to receive. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is building wealth creation, <clears throat> excuse me, building wealth creation and opportunities um, for people who haven't been able to have it as um, before and and who are now raising their hands and um, trying to provide racial equity in all that we do more intentionally than we have before. Um, so that that looks like um, working more with um, some black business associations. Um, we're working on a minority business incubator. We're working um, with um, black by Black Lou on the creation and expansion of a website that will help companies find vendors and suppliers to help their companies um, that are Black-owned businesses, uh, and really being intentional about how we raise that up um, as something um, that we haven't that we haven't done before that we need to be working on. All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. 
I'll uh, I'll kind of start with the um, the downtown piece. I mean, we talked last week on the show about several uh, conventions that are planned to come to town. So you're right. I mean, there's stuff on the calendar, but um, has that? Uh, what does that look like? I guess. I mean, I'm I'm downtown today. I feel like there's definitely more people walking around today than there was a month ago or two months ago. Um, but um, you know, I guess how does that how does that roll out? So the mayor, um, the mayor announced in his State of the City speech a week ago that he's naming a downtown revitalization team. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not to supplant any other conversations and work that are going on. So currently we have Louisville Downtown Partnership, one side of which is Louisville Downtown Management District. They do work on clean and safe initiatives. Um, so there, there already is a group that has ambassadors um, that plant trees that make sure the sidewalks are clean, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We want to amp that up. This group is going to hit on not only that, but also um, increase police presence, um, planting more trees than, than just rather than taking care of what we have, bring back the flower pots that we love so much that um, make everything look um, pretty in the summer, as well as talking about um, medium to longer term strategies that we may not have had had to think about before. So with folks that are going remote and companies rethinking their office use, um, will offices be leaving or reducing their footprint? And how do we reuse that office space? And I don't mean we city government, I mean, collectively, let's think about how we want to see that redeveloped or um, is there a fund for developers or businesses or property owners or brokers um, because we don't want vacant towers. That's, that would not be a good thing. So let's get on the forefront of thinking about that. We are, we already have um, our partners, Louisville Downtown Partnership, GLI, Louisville Tourism, the four of us groups are already working on some messaging So you will see some um, downtown strong messaging rolling out. There will be Mm -hmm. um, Lou Needs You messaging. It'll be billboards, social media, um, some paid advertising, where we are all talking about, and hopefully people adopt this because the campaign is is stronger it is, is when you know people are sharing this message, that there are things for everyone to do downtown, that it is the center for this entire community, not just if you work down here. Uh, If you want to come to a concert, if you want to go to the ballet or the orchestra or the opera, um, soccer game, if dinner, uh, there are just so many things that you need downtown for that you might not even think about. And especially if you've been home for the last nine, 10 months, Mm -hmm. um, it has to be something that is in the top of people's mind because small businesses came up around people being here because it's a commerce center. So now it's turned into a different kind of entertainment center tourist center, residential center, and we want everyone to, um, to, to know that message and to spread it and to, to use downtown. Um, The mayor did do um, in his mid-year adjustment, he just announced part of that was clean collaborative money was in there for downtown um, beautification. So I think there was some graffiti removal, um, increased police presence. Caitlin might have to remind me what else is in there, but there's money for, um, for downtown specifically around clean and green. Well, um, I'll, Marty, I'll kind of loop you in here. I know you've written about, yeah, Rebecca mentioned empty office towers. You don't want that. Uh, Marty, 
uh, had a story last year called Tower. I think it was called Tower Outage, um, and it was about uh, you know just that was before COVID that th- there was a problem of uh, office towers being underused. So Marty, um, yeah, so um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. We had we reported last last year that you know a vacancy had crept up to about nineteen percent in the office in some of the office towers overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have seen some people. I mean, I guess the concern we're hearing. And I don't know if Rebecca's hearing the same thing. She can weigh in as well. But, you know, there is some concern among our sources that that's just going to get worse as companies, you know, allow people to work from home and mm-hmm. either permanently or a hybrid model. Uh, also, you know, there's still uncertainty with when we can come back and, and kind of be in these groups again. Um, you're also hearing that people are kind of readjusting their, their layouts for their offices. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they may... That might be the one good thing is, you know, people, if they want to space out more, they'll need more space. So, you know, that could be something maybe that the city could capitalize on that, you know, yeah, you kind of hit it that this was already an issue and, you know, the pandemic is just creating more concern, I guess, among our sources. And I guess it is there, Rebecca, back to you on this one, but I mean, you, you mentioned that, that issue, is there a, concerted effort any kind to start converting some of these towers into residential or, or some other kind of use? Well, I think that's what we want this team to, to discuss because, um, it, you know, part of it is there a demand for housing or could it be more co-working space or some sort of innovative use of the office space that's that's not clear to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marty's right. I have talked to some companies that are rethinking how they reuse their space, but I also think that we have to remind people, even though, at least I want to remind people, let me put it that way, that even though you were able to go home and work remotely during COVID because we had to, that there's still such a value of being face-to-face and that we do we do still need to meet and that I don't, you know, I don't think that people are completely giving up on office space altogether. So I mm-hmm. don't think that we're looking at, I'm hoping that we're not looking at completely uh, vacant office towers. Um, this team will be, um, we will be charged with thinking about, let's, we're going to bring these items up. We know there are issues. Let's get on top of it. What are other cities doing? Um, we've seen, you know, what New York is predicting in terms of losing office space, but we're not New York. Thankfully, we don't have, um, thankfully for a lot of reasons, but we don't have the amount of office space and towers that they do that they will have vacant. Um, but if you can by, you know, by ratio decrease that for what we do have here, we do need to be mindful um, of what we are going to lose and, and how we can reuse that space. Yeah. Um, residential probably is a, is a good option. I really do want to think about innovative office uses as well, shared office space, co-working space, um, more incubators for the types of businesses that maybe haven't been able to get the help that they, that they need. Yeah. And uh, we did see one innovative idea with the Starks building, which Marty just reported on recently, um, some of that going to um, a residential, it's a targeted at, at, at um, artists, which, you know, obviously don't make as much money as, uh, you know, a lawyer or, a, or an accountant or something. So would need a little lower price on a, on a, uh, um, a place, an apartment. So, uh, so I think that's uh, one creative way. And I, and I think you're right. I mean, it just seems like there, there's probably other uses than what, than what are used now. Um, and I think we've got some creative local um, developers, brokers, business owners that, that can help think of those things that you or I might not think of because it just hasn't happened 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, after the last recession, it seemed like a lot of ideas from the coast finally made their way here. So I'm kind of looking at the coast and saying, all right, what are they doing out there? And, you know, <laughs> how can we do that here? Um, so just to switch gears a little bit, you know, what do you think the, the biggest problem is facing, uh, you know, economic development here in Louisville? Or have we been talking about it this whole time? Is it is it downtown? No, I don't think downtown. Um, I'm very hopeful and optimistic about downtown. Um, like I said, I, I mean, it is the center of our community. We do um, every mid-sized to large-sized city has a downtown. There's a reason that downtown exists. I mean, just the way cities are uh, built up. It's always around a town square or a middle of a, a middle of a city. And that's very necessary, not only in commerce and tourism, but for society. I mean, we mm-hmm. want to feel like we belong to something. And I think that philosophically downtown is important. So I'm very optimistic that we will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, the big question mark is how long it will take, but I'm very optimistic about it. Um, I think for our biggest challenge challenges that Louisville has, it's not necessarily new, is just making sure that we grow with the economy. Tech jobs are um, high on our mind, too, uh, in terms of not only being able to fill the jobs that are open here, but making sure we have the pipeline filled and can keep it filled with training programs and educational programs, certifications, degrees, um, badges, so that people can be here and stay here and have the jobs that they want that will take them into um, wealth-generating careers for their life and for their family. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was some speculation that, um, people from the coast, uh, that, that are tired of high rents, you know, realizing they can work elsewhere in the world, uh, could see Louisville as a good option. Is that something, I mean, is there any kind of like economic development strategy there? Or is that, is that just kind of a cross your fingers kind of thing? I don't know. Exactly something that we're working on. And it definitely has to be a strategy that we're, um, intentional about. It is, it's something that we've, touted for a long time, but now we can really capitalize on it since we know COVID has just kind of exacerbated this issue on the coasts as tech gets more important, especially, and as costs go up on the coasts, especially, we talk about, um, you know, we're not cheap. We don't want to be cheap, but we are very uh, competitive and our cost of living and cost of doing business with our very high quality of life is a great pairing because you, it, you can get around Louisville easily. Mm-hmm. You know people when you're walking around. You can, you have access to the leaders that you need. The ecosystems and the business industries are open and eager to help each other. And there's just a lot of reasons I think it's successful. Um, why people, when they do come here, they don't want to leave. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is very much an intentional strategy for us in terms of targeting um, site selection consultants and businesses that are located on the coast that don't have to be there. Right. Um, in, the, in the same vein, just real quickly, um, it seems like some of our peer cities like Indianapolis and, and Nashville and maybe Cincinnati to an extent don't, don't really take us too seriously. Like we're kind of the just side topic here um we we have, when it comes to attracting talent business you know whatever so but what do you think of that and how does louisville raise its profile regionally to be a bigger player i actually haven't gotten that sense jason that they don't take us seriously i have talked to 
um, both government, local government employees, as well as consultants in both of um, Nashville and Indianapolis and Cincinnati for that matter. Um, Nashville is kind of interesting. They've grown so fast, uh, so so quickly that right. they are having infrastructure issues. Cost of living has skyrocketed. And the person that I spoke with actually said they're jealous um, that Louisville is still a place that we can tout the way that they used to tout themselves, but they got ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that uh, companies and projects that have considered Nashville turned to Louisville because of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that is, you know, that's not anything that we can publicly talk about to another company like, hey, um, we got this company because Nashville wasn't um, or grew too fast. But it's definitely something we talk about and how we can, you know, that's telling to us. And that information is helpful when we are touting ourselves, when we do go out of market Louisville, when we are working directly with a company or a consultant who's considering Louisville. And, and we do compete with Indianapolis uh, in Nashville a lot. So it's nice to know. Um, it's not that we are thought less of, it's just, it's a little bit different consideration. Jason's got a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I grew up here and I lived in Indy for like 10 years. And so it's, it's, so it's, I guess it's just natural for me to kind of compare the two cities. Louisville's always, you know, uh, has my heart. Uh, it's the cooler city, the better city, but you know, there's, well, I think there's always natural comparison. We used, you know, it used to be that, We'd be like, ah, oh, Nashville won again. And it's, we haven't said that in 10 years, so that's really good. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people say, people from Nashville tell me that there's a dark side to the the, the rate at which they grew because uh, a lot of, uh, they, they there was a lot of problems that came from the traffic, um, housing issues, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah. so there, there are, you know, considerations there. You don't want to grow too fast. Uh, Marty is kind of our uh, chief metro government reporter. Um, we, we hadn't given him that title officially. I don't know if it's on his business card or not, but Marty, I want to give you a chance to uh, weigh in here. What are some things that are on your mind, you know, just covering yeah. metro government? Yeah, I was kind of want to ask Rebecca, this post pandemic, you know, you asked about the biggest challenges, you know, what are some opportunities that you see coming out of the pandemic and how, how will the city kind of uh, seek to uh, take advantage of those and capitalize on them? Well, I might just turn the challenges um, over and say that those are our opportunities because I really believe now that um, now that we have started to look at equity in a different way, I mean, our eyes were really opened. Not only did the pandemic hit the black population differently, but the, the wealth creating opportunities in the black communities um, is just more evident than ever in what we have to do in terms of policy and our intentionality is, is we understand so much better what needs to happen. And I think our opportunity in this is that we are reaching out to people. Um, we are asking to how to help more directly. Uh, we're creating programs um, and trying to find funding for things that we would not have necessarily thought we could pull out and single, single out. Um, you know, legally, we can't say this is for a race, but if we talk about minority, um, that's, we can always do something around ge geography or minority, which covers more than, obviously, more than black. And because of the conversations that have happened this year, I think everyone's gotten a little bit of more, more comfort level talking about the black population and people in Louisville 
who are black. Now there's black and brown where, I mean, it's not to, um, not to decrease attention on anybody else. Um, but that's been a really important pivot for us in government and how we talk about that and the programs that we are trying to make happen and the populations we're trying to help. Um, mm -hmm. Where I said in terms of business creation, small business creation and working with entrepreneurs um, who are black, who want to help the black community and in West Louisville specifically, um, that is top of mind for us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, ask you this and then I, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up because I know you got another meeting coming up pretty soon, but uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, the tension last year or the conversations, you didn't mention the tension, but it seemed like the Fisher administration was really under fire there. So what's that like? I mean, do you feel like there's a corner that's been turned? Is it still difficult? Do you have people who say you work for Fisher and they, you know, and they're mad about it because at least on Twitter, <laughs> everyone uh, was, uh, was uh, you know, the, the Fisher administration saw some, some major critics there. So um, did you, you know, is that something that, that you kind of think about? And, um, you know, have you... Well, we know that, that Twitter is only the truth, right? I mean, yes. Only, yeah. All of our encyclopedic information. Just kidding. There's a lot. Someone was mad on Twitter. That's not news because everyone's mad <laughs> on Twitter. But, um, but uh, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, it was a challenging year. There's no question. I have been with the city for um, 21 years next month. Uh, we've been through a lot of challenging times. Um, we always come out of them better for, for what we had to go through. And so for me, um, it's always a, a kind of just a time to reflect if you can sit in it um, as, you know, merger was weird. The recession in 2008, 9, 10, that was weird. I mean, just and not actually that different from this pandemic. Um, and through these times, you have to reassess where you are and where you wanna go. And I mm -hmm. think um, as challenging as it has been and uncomfortable, we are all so much smarter, aware, hopefully evolved, um, mm -hmm. that we can we can talk about things that may, maybe weren't comfortable or harder to talk about or People didn't think they could talk about. I still think that we're growing in that way. And I think that's so important for this community. Um, you know, we want to lead with our heart and the mayor's done this since the beginning about, you know, compassion and we're a compassionate city that kind of got lost somewhere along the way because it doesn't always ring true. But if you lead from your heart, you will, you will be a compassionate city and you will end up helping people, even if it didn't feel that way all along the way. So I feel like, uh, we've come through a difficult year for so many reasons, um, but I still love being a city employee. I still love my city. I still want to help people in the city and all the reasons I ever wanted to be a local government employee are still very true even 20 years later. So, nice. yeah, I think, uh, I, I think we learned something this year too, just, uh, just to have those conversations that, that we weren't comfortable having, you know, we wouldn't have been this time last year. So yeah. I think you're right about that. Um, before we go, uh, I'm going to just kind of go around the room and, uh, you guys can share your social media handles if people want to get in touch. Oh, um, that was another quiz. Thank you. That is oh, no, no. <laughs> quiz. What's your social media handle? Uh, Rebecca, are you on social? Is that something that you do or, um, um, I'm on Twitter, not super active. Rebecca fly 10. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Flyshaker was too long, sadly. <laughs> um, 
I am on LinkedIn. I am Rebecca Flyshaker there, and I am a little bit more active, and I really enjoy connecting with people. Um, Louisville Forward is um, on Instagram, at Lou Forward, on Twitter, at Louisville Forward. Caitlin is telling me. I'm not sure. We're at Lou Forward on Twitter. Is that right, Caitlin? At Louisville Forward on Instagram? Yes. Okay, she's that looks like a up. thumbs up and um, forward on <laughs> LinkedIn. So we we do try to put out all the good economic and community development news. I don't know if I said this at the very beginning, but Louisville Forward is our economic and community development agency where I sit is economic development, where Jeff sits is more of the built environment planning land mm -hmm. development, all that together is community development. Um, so we do cover more than just um, business stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I actually didn't realize that Louisville Forward was on um, on Instagram. So I'm going to check that out. Find uh, us. Yeah, I definitely will. I'll follow you before the day's over. I bet. Uh, Jason, how about you? Where can people find you on social? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scoop Thomas. Um, very active on Twitter. A lot of kids pictures on Instagram with maybe some food sprinkled in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> active on uh, LinkedIn, just under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. And uh, Marty. Yeah, I'm at uh, Twitter at BFLU Marty, uh, fairly active there. And then also active on LinkedIn, just under my name, Marty Finley. So. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dman3001. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Jason and Marty, for helping me out with questions. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, David. See you.